0: The conflict between science and spirituality primarily stems from a linguistic confusion over what the term matter means, and what it ultimately implies. This first came into sharp focus for me when I was attending the annual graduation ceremonies at Mount St. Antonio College in June of 1990. I had only been hired the year before, so I was relatively new to the proceedings. As I was getting ready to walk in with my philosophy cohorts, Dressed as we were in our long robes and mortarboards, another young professor from another department came up to me in a visibly irritated mood. After we exchanged pleasantries, he pulled out an issue of Plato's Cave, the new journal that I founded, along with some students a few months prior. He queried, "'Why would you allow this blasphemous claptrap to be published?' Before I could respond, he proceeded to rip the small magazine to pieces in front of me, and threw it on the floor, and walked away in disgust. A mathematician friend of mine witnessed the spectacle and asked, what was that all about? I responded that I didn't exactly know, but I mentioned that it had concerned a recent issue of Plato's Cave, which contained an interview with Patricia Churchland, an eminent professor of philosophy at UCSD, who had more or less invented the new field of neurophilosophy where ancient questions are examined in light of the latest discoveries in physics and neuroscience. The title of the piece was The Neural Basis of Consciousness, A Glorious Piece of Meat, and the Dalai Lama. One of my star students, Meredith Duran, who is now a professor of French literature at Penn State, had conducted the interview, and I thought she had done a superb job in capturing the ins and outs of Professor Churchland's scientific view of how philosophy should be conducted in the future. Right then, another professor chimed in and said, Oh, Dave, that guy who just verbally assaulted you is a fundamentalist Christian. He thinks that your publication contradicts the Bible and insults his religion. A few other colleagues also confirmed the same, and it became clearer to me why he would be upset by Churchland's advocacy of eliminative materialism. Yet, as I pondered over this episode— I couldn't help but wonder why certain religious persuasions are so troubled by science's reduction of man to mere material, given that matter itself was and is as mysterious and as glorious as anything conjured up in our spiritual imaginations. Before we tackle what matter is, and why an updated definition of what it portends can radically upend the persistent and pernicious dualism driving much of our religious resistance to science and its naturalistic underpinnings— I'd like to indulge the reader in a thought experiment, a dialogue in sock Hand. Clearly, the following is a metaphor pushed to its hyperbolic extreme, but I think it drives home an often overlooked point. Imagine finding yourself in a transcendental realm of bliss and that within this ultimate region you and your companions strike up a conversation soul to soul. You inquire, what are we made of? and one of your blissful friends replies light of course we are beings of light and that is our core constituent how would you hypothetically feel if someone did indeed inform you that you were a body of pure unalloyed light i have posed this question to both undergraduate and graduate students at various colleges and universities i have taught throughout my career and invariably i get the same response Almost in unison, they said they would feel exhilarated and boundless and happy. The idea that we are light gives us a deep sense of liberation. However, let's descend back to terra firma and ask a different question. Now, when we're in the here and now, and a philosopher or a friend tells us that we are just material and just the body, or when the Nobel Prize winner, the late Francis Crick, says that consciousness is just a bundle of neurons— or when Patricia Churchland indicates we are just three pounds of meat, how do we feel them? In some, how do we feel when we are told that we are just this stuff, just this body, just the recomposition of this world? For most of my students, there is a certain sense of deflation, a depression, a grayness or flatness, as if the air had been sucked out of a balloon. Unlike the notion that we are beings of light, the idea that we are just the body— gives us a deep sense of entrapment. One could, of course, argue at this juncture that this very feeling is why dualism arose in the first place. We feel that we are more than our bodies, and, as such, that there is something transcendent in us.